It is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, our um, only Savior, Jesus Christ. And in John chapter 19 and verse 30, we read, And so when Jesus had received the sour wine, He said, It is finished. And bowing His head, He gave up the ghost. He gave up His spirit. The phrase, it is finished, is a single Greek word. The Greek word is tetelestai. It's a phrase that had um, many different indications and meanings to the people at this time. So when, when he said tetelestai, they understood exactly what he was saying. And in so doing, he said, the lamb is found. The Passover was a very, very important time in which an unblemished lamb had to be found. And they would search through their flocks and, and look for the perfect lamb, an unblemished lamb. And, and when it was found, the one that found it would say, Tetelestai, meaning, I found the lamb. The lamb, the unblemished lamb, this is the one that is offered. So when Jesus said, what He said here, He's saying, I am the lamb. I am the lamb without blemish, without sin. And and He entered in to the holy place to obtain redemption for us. Our lessons brought out this week. All the sacrifices that were made before could not cover and forgive sin. Only Jesus Christ could do that. And He is the Lamb. So when He said to Telestai, He was saying the Lamb is found. But it also carried with it this that the job is complete. A servant would come back and report to his master. He was told to go out and take care of this vineyard or whatever the job. And when he would come back, when he had finished the job, he would say to Telestai, I have finished the work that you have given me. Um, Jesus Christ said, I have finished the work that God sent me to do to pay the penalty for sin. I mean, and you think about the difficult job that he had to complete here. The mocking, the scourging, the misunderstanding, the false accusation, the suffering, but most of all, the loneliness of being, as we sang, estranged from God to be forsaken by His Father. But, This was his job. Luke 19.10 says, He has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So he's saying, I have paid the price. I am the Lamb. And he's saying, I have completed the job. But it also was a very familiar term in Greek commercial life, which signified the completion of a transaction when a debt was paid in full, 
they would write on it to Telestai. The debt is paid in full. So he's saying the lamb is found, the work is done, the debt is paid in full. Um, they have found ancient receipts that have that word written across it. The wages of sin is death. But in Jesus Christ, Tetelestai is written across your sin and my sin. You think of that. I mean, the reality of that. Our debt is so great. It, it, it was greater, it's greater than the national debt. And we don't even know what the national debt is. But that's how our sin. And He then completely, the debt is paid. We sing the song, Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. It's not like Jesus paid 75% and we have 25%. We'd have something to glory in. It's not like He did 90% and we have 10 It's not like He did 99.6%. We, we had no part in it. He paid it all. And, and we should continually be rejoicing in that. So when Jesus said, it is finished, He's saying, I am the only Savior. I am the Lamb that was found without blemish. And He said, I have finished the job that was given to me, my work, and the debt is completely paid. Now see, in this, we mentioned this morning, this cosmic battle between God and Satan and good and evil, this was this was the pinnacle moment and the resurrection. The gospel is that Jesus Christ, sinless, died for our sins and that He rose again victorious. That's the good news. That's the gospel. And, and to understand, Satan hates Jesus Christ because of this very truth. He's the unblemished Lamb. He finished His work. The debt is paid that we can be, all mankind in Christ, can be set free from sin and to die. The debt is paid. No longer. We are justified. We are made right with God. That's why the songwriter said, My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole was nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. See, last week we stated that Satan hates America because in part it has sent forth the gospel like no other nation ever has. That's our past. But God said, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, it's thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. And what we're really seeing, I believe, is, is the church, Christians, we've lost our savor, our saltiness. And, and God says, 
cast out. It's being trodden under the foot of men around the world today and, and in our nation. And, and honestly, for I don't know how many years, but for a number of years, even, even in our circles, the number of missionaries going out has drastically gone down. I can remember, I can remember getting the Baptist Midmissions, for example, newsletter or their email and seeing this is our candidate, these are our new missionaries and seeing the whole page covered. Now you may see five. I mean, we haven't been sending out missionaries. In fact, we're losing them because of age by attrition. And, and that doesn't bode well for our nation. But the reality is, we can be brought back to this truth. Jesus is the only Savior. And thank God He saved me. And now He has given me the mission to share that with others. I mean, think about it. Do we think about Christ as much as we think about coronavirus? And most of us, no, we don't. Coronavirus can only kill the body. Without Christ, they'll spend eternity in hell forever. And in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, he said, Fear not him that can kill the body, but fear him that can kill both body and soul. And and our whole world is filled with thoughts about this. And the reality is, it ought to make us think about eternity. And, and we as Christians ought to start thinking and talking more about Christ. And I say all this to myself as well, than we do about the coronavirus. I mean, if people we know die without Christ forever in the lake of fire. I mean, His robes for mine, thats it's wonderful and we ought to rejoice in it. But now, as we said this morning, this is our responsibility. We're the players. We're, we're the, the army of God now. We're the warriors. And we need to go and rescue the perishing and care for the dying. This is why we're here. We're not here to try to just preserve our life. I would hate to think what where Christianity would be today if if the Christians through the ages had the attitude of preserving their life. You know the early missionaries knew they were going to their their deathbed when they sailed for India and sailed for Africa, and sailed for South America, sailed to Ecuador. I mean, they said that we need to take the gospel to people. God's not asking you to to get on a boat or even get on a plane and go to some... Not that I know of, He's not asking you. Maybe He is somebody, but... By and large, he's not asking us to go to some island that's inhabited by cannibals that love white meat. 
I mean, He's not asking you to do that. He's asking us to, to go to the people we know and plant seeds of the gospel and, and allow God to do the work. And really, that's, as I, as I thought this week on Jesus is the only Savior. Yes, it's important for us to realize that and personalize it, but it doesn't end there. Then we need to share it with others. And to actively, and we've got Gospel of John's out there, we've got the little video cards, there's all kinds of ways, but we need to be doing this. I mean, apart from the coronavirus, the time is short. I really believe it. And as we challenged you this morning, not just people need the Lord, whose name are you putting in there on that line? It's too easy to make it general. People need the Lord. Yeah, that's true. But are there specific names that you're praying for and you're laboring for and you're looking for opportunities to plant the seeds? That's what God, that's why God's left us here. And what a, what a great opportunity it is that we have. So, um, I just want to challenge Myself and each of us, we need to crank it up as far as evangelism. We need to crank it up as far as planting the seeds of the gospel. And and you might think, what can I do? I'm just one person. One person can make a difference in other people's lives. If it's only one person that you made a difference in, that causes joy in heaven. When one sinner comes to repentance, there's nothing else that causes joy in heaven like that. Why? Because that shows Christ's death was not in vain. That rescues from the enemy and this war that's going on. Satan can't stop Jesus Christ. He's paid the price. He's risen again but He can keep people from Christ. And one of the ways He does it is when we're quiet, when we hide it under a bushel. And so we need to have a renewed zeal and a renewed commitment. I'm, I'm going to ask us to rescue the perishing. I don't know what 